That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. Today, we explore the dimensions of the unscrupulous Biden regime and the deep state's rampant corruption, all of which is on prominent display to the entire nation. The leader of the House investigating committees putting forward more evidence that the FBI leadership is chronically deceitful and without any sense of honor or ethics. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan released the latest Facebook files, and they show the FBI lying about extensive meetings with Facebook discussing the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. These new revelations are from newly disclosed Facebook communication documents. The FBI has maintained throughout that they met with Facebook executives only once about Hunter's laptop from hell. The newly released documents from Chairman Jordan show that in a deposition, FBI agent Elvis Chan, who was the go-between for the FBI with big tech, claimed that apart from one instance, he was not aware of any other meetings between the FBI and Facebook. He clearly lied. In that same deposition, Chan also claimed that he has no, quote, internal knowledge of an FBI investigation regarding the laptop. Jordan's latest files show that Chan lied under oath, showing that he met with Facebook more than once regarding the Hunter Biden story. The weight of the evidence against the FBI and its leadership culture of corruption is overwhelming now, and it reaches throughout much of the agency. Only yesterday, a former top FBI official who was in the Trump-Russia collusion crossfire efforts to frame Trump let it be known that he is pleading guilty to illegally working for a Russian oligarch. The disgraced FBI agent is Charles McGonagall. He was a former top FBI counter-intel agent based in New York. He was indicted in January on charges of money laundering and violating U.S. sanctions by working for the Russian oligarch, trying to get the Russian billionaire removed from the U.S. sanctions list. And yes, you and I can be sure the Department of Justice will offer him some sort of sweetheart deal. It will protect him lest he testify against the higher-ups. And of course, the DOJ's persecution of President Trump will go on. They've charged him with so many baseless counts that he faces more than 400 years in prison. The DOJ and FBI are criminals. Make no mistake about it. They're corrupt and vicious to the bone. President Trump indicted again last week for the January 6th demonstration. New documents, though, show a big part of that indictment came from secret notes and testimony from former Vice President Mike Pence. Pence, who Trump says has gone to the dark side. President Trump said this, quote, Wow, it's finally happened. Little Mike Pence, a man who was about to be ousted as governor of Indiana until I came along and made him VP, has gone to the dark side. 
I never told a newly emboldened Pence to put me above the Constitution or that Mike was, quote, too honest. He's delusional. And now he wants to show he's a tough guy, end quote. Pence says he has no intention of testifying against President Trump, but over the weekend, Trump's attorney, John Laro, welcomed the idea of Mike Pence testifying. Here he is. Mike Pence will be one of our best witnesses at trial. I read his book very carefully. And if he testifies consistent with his book, then President Trump will be acquitted for these reasons. Number one, Mr. Pence recognizes that John Eastman, who was giving legal advice, was a renowned legal scholar. Number two, Vice President Pence recognized that there were discrepancies and fraud in connection with the election. He wanted it to be debated on Capitol Hill. Mr. Trump wanted it to be debated in the state legislatures. But what make no mistake about it, based on what Vice President Pence will say, the government will never be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had corrupt or criminal intent. And that's what this case well, is about. Mike Pence. And of course, weak Willie Barr, eager to testify against President Trump. Barr was on Face the Nation over the weekend, where he repeated his lie that he investigated election fraud in 2020. Would you appear as a witness if called? Of course. Could you describe your interactions with the president on this question about whether or not he won or lost and what you told him? Uh, well, I wasn't uh, discussing. Well, I go through that in my book in painstaking detail, but uh, on three occasions at least. And uh, I, I told him in no uh, uncertain terms that there was no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome. One of those associated with the Trump's defense team has said, if you were called as a witness, they would cross-examine you and pierce all of that by asking you questions that you couldn't, to their mind, credibly answer about how thorough that investigation was that led you to tell the president what you told him. How thorough was that investigation? Well, I think it, it satisfied us that there was no basis to, uh, for uh, concluding that there had been fraud in those instances. Some of them were obvious. OK, uh, one that he keeps on repeating is, you know, that there were more uh, that more uh, people voted than absentee ballots that were requested. And that was mixing apples and oranges. And once that was explained to him, uh, we should we should have heard no more about that. Others required further investigation, interviews and so forth. And those were done. The former attorney general should be investigated, in my opinion, and he should be called upon to repeat that lie under oath because it is surely a lie. Let's bring in our guest today. Joining us now, a great American, Roger Stone. He's a best-selling author, Republican strategist, confidant and advisor to President Trump. Roger, great to have you back with us on The Great America Show. Lou, it's my privilege to be here. So let's start with the president in full, full persecution uh, by the deep state and the Marxist Dems. Is there any, any horizon that you can see that offers hope that this, this travesty uh, can be brought to an end? Well, it's really quite extraordinary. In other words, by charging Donald Trump with election interference, the politicized and weaponized Justice Department is engaging in election interference. Does anyone in their right mind think that if Donald Trump was not leading the Republican field by big double digits, was not leading Joe Biden both nationally and in every swing state at this point, or does anybody believe if there weren't more and more shocking revelations of corruption, extortion, 
bribery, money laundering, influence peddling, illegal lobbying, uh, as well as, let's just say it, treason, the acceptance of millions of dollars from China, Russia, Ukraine, Romania. If any, if these things were not happened, does anybody believe Donald Trump would be charged with what is largely a fabricated crime? Uh, I've never seen anything like this, and I've I've been in American politics for 45 years. I mean, who arrests and seeks to jail their political opponents? Uh, Joseph Stalin, uh, Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, Fidel Castro, and now, sadly, Joe Biden. It is without question, straightforwardly, an assault on his principal political opponent and done with knowledge, uh, a forethought and intent. There's no doubt of it. And as you say, no decent, uh, reasonable American can doubt what is happening before our very eyes. And yet, and yet we have the polls reflecting that. But we do not have a physical action being taken by the Congress of the United States, by the leadership of the minority in the Senate, by the Republican National Committee to say this outrage must end and and now. We don't have the American Bar Association raising even so much as a whisper about these attorneys, uh, Dan Goldman, uh, Adam Schiff, uh, who are whose conduct is abhorrent. Uh, and repugnant. Uh, where are we to find some leadership uh, that would intercede and intervene outside, uh, if I may say it, the Supreme Court? Well, obviously, uh, questioning the outcome of an election is an egregious crime for which you should be sent to prison, unless you're Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi or the late John Lewis or Amy Klobuchar or Stacey Abrams, or Chuck Schumer, or Terry McAuliffe, or the hundred members of Congress who uh, who objected to the certification of the Electoral College when Donald Trump was elected in 2016. If you're one of them, it's perfectly okay. This is really an absurdity. Uh, and I think, sadly, the president and his lawyers are about to find out that in the District of Columbia, the Constitution doesn't matter, the law doesn't matter. The rules don't matter. The evidence doesn't matter. And the facts don't matter. I've been in this particular meat grinder. I know exactly what it's like. Uh, this motion by the prosecutors for a protective order because, quote, Donald Trump may leak grand jury uh, documents online. There's no evidence that he would do that. They're trying to limit his ability to defend himself in the public square. They did the exact same thing to me. It is patently unconstitutional. Nowhere does it say that if you're charged with a crime, you forfeit your right to free speech. Uh, the idea that his, in my case, they said, oh, well, if you're, you defend yourself publicly, that might taint the jury pool in the District of Columbia, really. Do you think CNN and MSNBC and CBS and ABC and NBC and the New York Times and the dominant Washington Post, do you think that taints the jury pool in D.C. when it comes to Donald Trump, where 93 percent of the local electorate voted for uh, Joe Biden uh, and where I guarantee you his jury will not include a single Republican, not one? 
not one. And we are we are very familiar with uh, this judge, uh, Judge Shotgun, who is best known for being the handing down the most severe sentences to the January six political prisoners. There is not a single uh, quality about her, not a single characteristic uh, in her professional life that would commend her to a fair trial for President Donald Trump. And you would think it would be automatic that she would be uh, removed and he sent to a different venue uh, by his request. Well, in fact, this judge uh, and her husband uh, and her mother-in-law are major donors uh, to Barack Obama. Uh, she received her appointment to the federal bench, as did her husband, by the way, because he's also a federal judge. Right. Only after uh, this, these large contributions, she uh, worked in the same law firm uh, prior to going to the bench as Hunter Biden. She withheld the Fusion GPS uh, information that would have proved that the Steele dossier was a fraud from Donald Trump previously. Uh, she is uh, very clearly a partisan. And I don't know if you saw this, Lou, but uh, it was reported online, and I believe it to be accurate, that uh, Judge Amy Berman Jackson, uh, Judge Boesberg, uh, of the, the chief judge now uh, of that court uh, and Judge Moss were all present for the arraignment of Donald Trump, all sitting in the back row, essentially licking their chops. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but lawyers who I do respect tell me that that's entirely inappropriate. In many cases, these judges have already said uh negative things about Donald Trump uh, on the record, demonstrating their bias against him. The chances of Donald Trump getting the judge to recuse herself, because that's who makes the decision, uh, is zero. The chance of the judge granting a move of venue to say, even Virginia, never mind West Virginia, I think is sadly also zero. Now, Trump's lawyers can appeal that, but I can tell you firsthand, appealing to the D.C. Court of Appeals is uh, essentially a waste of time. They will never overrule one of the lower judges and they will rubber stamp any decision made by the trial court judge. That leaves, Lou, as you point out, the only place this could possibly get a fair adjudication is the U.S. Supreme Court. But in the case of the election, they essentially declined to hear any of the very real election fraud cases. 21 state attorney generals uh, appealed to the Supreme Court to examine election results, and the Supreme Court declined. They they did decline, and they declined on the basis of standing or jurisdiction. And in point of fact, said that despite their constitutional placement and responsibility and authority, that they couldn't intervene between one state suing another state uh, for elections. My Lord, the, the impact uh, of that, uh, of fraudulent elections across the country is the, is the business uh, of those states. And it's, it's really, uh, to me, supercilious uh, and specious uh, that the, the court made such a decision. And courts followed all across the land, including, uh, well, including all of the battleground states. So here we are in America, 2023. And I want to get your opinion 
right after we take this quick break about what is going on in this country where it feels that uh, it feels like society is having an emotional breakdown of sorts. We're going to get Roger Stone's view on that right after these quick words. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now with Roger Stone, who is an extraordinary, uh, I think, social as well as political thinker. I want to get your view on what seems to be a breakdown in institutions, whether it be the corporatist national media, whether it be the Marxist Dems indoctrination of public schools and higher education, our colleges and universities, or whether it be, uh, in point of fact, the Democratic Party and and without question, they have control of the entire federal government apparatus. Well, sadly, though, I have to conclude that uh, this is not, uh, we're not suffering as the result of just misguided or incorrect policies. I think, very sadly, that our country has been infiltrated at the highest levels by the communist Chinese. They are systematically buying up prime farmland, ranch land. Uh, bridges, tunnels, ports, highways, uh, airports. Uh, it's really quite extraordinary. They're literally, uh, they're burrowing their way into our educational institutions. They're burrowing our way, their way into our major corporations. Uh, we are basically gladly selling them everything. And we know now definitively that the president of the United States himself has been on the take. I mean, look, it, it, Lyndon Johnson and his wife had enormous stock holdings in Bell Helicopter uh, and General Dynamics. So they made a fortune on the escalation of the war in Vietnam, but they did it the old fashioned way. Uh, the Bidens cut out the middleman. They seem to go directly to the source. So none of these None of these things we see going on in our society, none of them are an accident. This is all part of a greater plan, uh, in essence, to uh, give up the country without firing a shot, despite the fact that there are tens of thousands uh, of, of military-oriented uh, uh, younger men coming into this hemisphere through Panama to China, it appears to me that they won't need to fire a shot. Uh, they will own America uh, in the blink of an eye. Uh, and our, our government is very sadly in on it. Uh, this is the plan. It's not a mistake. Open borders, not a mistake. 
yet Vice President Kamala Harris uh, and uh, and Secretary Mayorkas say with a straight face, our border is secure. Like, don't believe what you see with your own eyes. Believe our press release. Uh, the open borders, as you know, have uh, led to a crime epidemic in this country, a drug epidemic in this country. Uh, it, it is uh, it's startling, particularly when you see how quickly it all fell apart. I mean, under Donald Trump, we had the securest southern border in decades. The number of illegal crossings had dwindled to almost nothing. We had a boom economy. Uh, we had our adversaries around the world at bay because of the unpredictability of Donald Trump. Uh, Vladimir Putin would not risk going into Ukraine. Uh, Chairman Xi would not risk going into Taiwan as long as Donald Trump was in the White House because they he warned them against it. He told them he would hit them, his words, uh, and they weren't sure whether he would or whether they wouldn't, but they weren't going to take a chance. Uh, that unpredictability uh, kept our, our adversaries at bay. Indeed, it did. And it has been just it hasn't even been three years that we're talking about just a little over two and a half years in which we have seen this country turn upside down uh, from the the latter days of Donald J. Trump as president of the United States. And what ensued from that point, the January 6th uh, riots, as uh, the left likes to call them, but those demonstrations, a part of uh, those demonstrators were violent and moved through the uh, the, the Capitol. Uh, and we've watched the the Justice Department react as if they were part of a, a Stalinist uh, police state. Uh, this is a police state now. I don't think anyone can argue reasonably that point because there is rampant uh, surveillance, warrantless wiretaps everywhere. Uh, there is a there's a pretense on Capitol Hill that there will be a big political battle over 702, the section uh, pertaining to wiretapping. Uh, of foreign intelligence uh, agents, it's all a fraud. It's it's a pretense. Uh, and the United States right now is faced with two parties, one that is absolutely venal and committed to the destruction of Donald Trump and the and this great republic, and the other, which seems to be frozen, paralyzed by the prospect of actually taking action in the national interest. Your thoughts? Well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Our problem today today is not the crazy uh, Marxist, socialist, radical Democrats. Our problem are the gutless, feckless, weak kneed, lily livered, white wine swilling, country club belonging establishment Republicans who don't seem to have any guts or any courage. Uh, obviously, that doesn't I'm not speaking about every Republican, but where is Kevin McCarthy? Where is the speaker? There is more evidence today to to rationalize articles of impeachment against Joe Biden uh, uh, and others uh, than there ever was to to rationalize articles of impeachment against Donald Trump. Uh, first in the Russian collusion hoax, then in the Ukraine hoax. In fact, we now know that the second impeachment of Trump was a cover-up because Joe Biden accepted $10 million, Joe Biden and his son accepted $10 million in bribes in return for using his power as vice president to threaten to withhold a billion dollars of aid 
from Ukraine if they didn't fire the prosecutor who was investigating Barisma Energy and his son, who and they were both getting paid. So wh- where is Kevin McCarthy? What is he doing? It's very hard to understand. I, I thought that that's what the election was about, uh, but evidently not. We seem to be, with the exception of a handful of patriots uh, in the House, who are, I think, pursuing the Biden matter as aggressively as they can. But the Democrats jump up and down and talk constantly about the rule of law. Where is the rule of law when the FBI director refuses to turn over documents uh, or witnesses that the U.S. Congress is constitutionally entitled to? The idea of congressional oversight has become now a shibboleth. It is, to whatever degree it was, at least, an energetic effort on the part of the Congress to oversee the budgets and the appropriations and the activities of our federal government. It is no longer. They don't even pretend to hold to account the FBI, the law enforcement agencies, what were once law enforcement agencies. They're filled with outlaws at the, in their leadership, uh, and they mean business when they talk about subverting the United States. So we end up with a fifth column in the country, the Marxist Dems, the Democratic Party, which is their, ex- their exterior shell, uh, as well as all of the uh, activists within education, uh, within our society. Uh, it, the fifth column of Marxist Dems in this country is has taken control of the country and no one wants to admit it. It's without question. They are in control of the federal government. Do you think there is any argument otherwise? No, I think you're absolutely right. The good news, if there is any, uh, is the extraordinarily extraordinary resilience uh, of Donald Trump. I must tell you, for a man under this kind of attack, uh, I traveled with him for a couple of days, uh, four days, I guess, about two weeks ago. I must tell you, he's extraordinarily calm. He's extraordinarily determined. Uh, he's extraordinarily resolute. Uh, his humor is very good. Uh, I think in a strange way, he's at his absolute best when he's in crisis. Uh, he is uh, he's going to punch back. Uh, no one. He says, Uh, If you come after me, I'm coming after you. That's not a personal threat to the prosecutors. That is a reference to the whole corrupted system. That's political rhetoric. It's political dialogue. It's political messaging. It's protected by the First Amendment. Uh, And uh, there's nothing shy about Donald Trump. He will fight this out, uh, and he really does see it uh, as a larger fight to save the country. Timing here, Lou, is going to be everything, because I do think the polls reflect that even with the lapdog media doing their best to bury the news about the epic corruption of the Bidens, uh, and even with the biased coverage, watching Andrea Mitchell, God, it is time to put her out to pasture. She's not a journalist. She's just a propagandist if she knows what day of the week it is. It is really painful to watch. Uh, but uh, this all boils down to timing. Uh, I don't see, and I'm not an attorney, so therefore I'm not an expert, but I don't see how it is possible uh, to get this D.C. Uh, indictment to trial prior to the election. I think the only reason the D.C. indictment um, was brought was because there is a deep fear within the deep state that Donald Trump might just get a fair trial in Florida on this 
ridiculous documents case. The Presidential Documents Act of 1977 makes it absolutely clear uh, that the president himself can decide what is personal and what should go back to the National Archives. And that was upheld by none other than Judge Amy Berman Jackson herself, who was the judge in my case. She ruled that Bill Clinton could do anything with his documents that he wanted, including keeping them in his sock draw at home. So uh, they have outsmarted themselves. This will go to trial in Florida uh, by the luck of the wheel before a judge appointed by Donald Trump, which means you actually get an, a fair trial. Uh, and they're apoplectic about the fact that Trump may get acquitted. That's why we had to bring a separate set of charges in D.C. Now, interestingly, the one charge I thought they would bring, a charge of essentially sedition in connection with the events of January 6th, specifically the riot, uh, is implied in the indictment that they brought, but there is no specific charge. This is significant because, theoretically, conviction on that charge, a charge of sedition, would make him legally ineligible to be president. At least there is a legal argument to that effect. Other constitutional scholars say that's not the case, that the qualifications for president are specifically outlined elsewhere in the Constitution. But that is the goal. Then you would have 50 state legal fights, individual state fights, over whether his name could appear on the ballot. I don't see how any of this D.C., uh, any of the D these D.C. matters get to trial before the election, which means, Lou, the American people may be the ultimate jury in all of these cases. The American people will have the ability, in essence, to free America. Uh, it, it's interesting uh, when there was speculation at the end of Donald Trump's term uh, that he might issue a blanket pardon to himself or members of his family uh, because of uh, concern about not that they'd done anything wrong, but about future weaponization of the Justice Department. Uh, legal scholars and law professors like Lawrence Tribe argued that the president did not necessarily have the legal authority to pardon himself. Mark my words, when Joe Biden pardons himself, and his son and his brother, which he will, then Professor Tribe will say, oh, no, it's perfectly all right. I, I don't for a moment doubt a word of what you said. I think you've got it exactly right, as you always, nearly always uh, do. And we're going to uh, take up the the president's competition for the nomination uh, in 2024 uh, and how they're doing and how he's doing. We're talking with Roger Stone. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now talking with Roger Stone, esteemed political strategist, best-selling author, and great American. I want to turn to the pending indictment, if you will, from Fulton County in Georgia. Uh, that uh, district attorney there, uh, much like Alvin Bragg, uh, the attorney general of the state of New York, campaigning on their threats to prosecute Donald Trump. Uh, your thoughts about the import uh, and, and, and relevance of such an indictment if it does come? This is uh, yet another totally politically motivated indictment that is not based on fact. I have listened to uh, the entire recording of the phone call in question. I have read the entire transcript. Lou, it's tedious. This went on for quite some time. It's very clear within context that Donald Trump does not tell the Secretary of State to go out and find 11,870 votes. What he says to him is, you have already inadvertently and incorrectly counted 11,870 illegal votes. And he breaks it down. 5,000 plus of those are convicted felons. Another 1,200 are people who are deceased, uh, etc. So that is not the same thing. Uh, that is, so the, 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 the accusation that Trump told the Secretary of State, who was a Republican, but not at all friendly, to go out and find additional votes, that's a bastardization of what he said. This particular prosecutor, Fannie Wills, has had ethical problems in the past. She evidently was having a sexual affair with a gang member she was supposed to be prosecuting. There's serious questions about, about her integrity. But again, this is the process of piling on. So when will the Georgia indictment come? I can tell you exactly when it will come, Lou. It'll come when a new big story breaks about more documentation of the epic corruption of Joe and Hunter Biden. That's exactly when it will come. Uh, th there's a pattern here. Every time a big story, whether it's the Burisma payments or cocaine being found in the White House, uh, within three days, the Secret Service and the FBI tell us they can't possibly figure out where that came from. Yet it took John Durham five years to determine that there was no Russian collusion. Just uh, coincidentally, that five years is the length of the statute of limitations so that Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and James Comey uh, and John Brennan uh, and Attorney General Loretta Lynch could, and others could not be prosecuted. How convenient. How convenient. And it, it's so easy to lose track of some of these uh, sorties uh, in the national media. Uh, for example, the Epstein documents, the Epstein book and the names contained therein. It's locked up in legal challenges. Uh, and here we are two years later, a few years later, uh, trying to figure out where that went. And people easily forget that we also still don't have uh, the remaining documents from the uh, JFK assassination. They were not released and uh, have no possibility of being released by this president. Uh, your thoughts on all this uh, that goes to die in the swamp? 
You know, one thing, Lou, that I really find objectionable, and that is the refusal of the Department of Homeland Security to provide Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. while he runs for president. Right. Now, I'm a Trump supporter, just to be very clear. Uh, I, I like some of the things Robert Kennedy says. He wants to seal our border. He's a very rare Democrat in that sense who wants to seal the southern border. Uh, he's very skeptical about the war in Ukraine and shipping billions uh, more to that effort. He's he I think is reasonably worried about World War Three. Uh, he's worried about the weaponization of our of our intelligence agencies. He's worried about the weaponization uh, of our justice system. But his father uh, and and his uncle, John F. Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy, murdered while he was president. Senator Robert F. Kennedy, former attorney general of the United States, murdered while he was running for president. Uh, on the one hand, the, the, the media uh, and the Biden opposition research operation foments hatred and animus against him. Uh, and in the next breath, they deny him Secret Service protection, which... Uh, under federal law, as a qualified candidate for president, uh, he is entitled to apply for. Uh, after Robert F. Kennedy Sr. was brutally murdered in Los Angeles on the night of his victory in the California Democratic primary in 1968, the Congress passed a law uh, which gave then the Treasury Department, which oversaw the Secret Service, the authority to uh, extend coverage to every candidate. And in fact, President Lyndon Johnson ordered Secret Service protection for every candidate running in 1968. Robert Kennedy has applied for such protection, uh, and it has been rejected by the Biden administration. I think this is this is a callous outrage. His father and his father's brother were murdered uh, while serving as president or running for president. They foment hatred against him, calling him a uh, conspiracy theorist, which he is not, uh, trying not to, I think, legitimize his candidacy. Uh, I, I, it bothers me that some unhinged individual could be motivated to hurt him or even kill him. Uh, this is this is completely irresponsible by the Biden administration. Robert Kennedy, who I'm not supporting for president, but who I like in terms of a number of the issues that he is raising, deserves Secret Service protection. Couldn't agree more. And uh, the the idea that this administration is again. Uh, trying to hamstring uh, to diminish a, a, a part, an opponent uh, of the president. It, it's all part and parcel of their uh, operandi. Uh, it, it's it's disgusting to see what they are, what they do, uh, what uh, they have, in some degree, to some great degree, uh, made this country. Uh, at this very moment. I mean, we are less than we have ever been as a nation, in my opinion. Uh, I, I could not uh, uh, agree more. This is they're already rigging the process. So they, they have essentially effectively canceled the first in the nation Iowa caucuses within the Democratic contest. They have done away with the New Hampshire primary, which by law, by state law, must be held ahead of any other state primary, even if that means holding it in 2023, by the way. They've stripped those states 
of their delegates because they're afraid that Robert Kennedy could run a grassroots campaign on the ground in those states, a, a, a peace and freedom campaign, as he puts it, uh, and that Joe Biden is extraordinarily vulnerable. So they just cancel those contests in South Carolina, where you have an absolute majority uh, African-American Democratic primary electorate uh, is the first in the nation primary. I think they may have outsmarted themselves. I think Robert Kennedy may have greater appeal there than perhaps they think. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's interesting. And uh, you're probably right. It's going to be an interesting test uh, across the board, including in the Republican primaries. DeSantis, the the oligarchs, uh, the Republican oligarchs said would be the the man to to take down uh, Donald Trump in his quest to be the 47th president. They couldn't have been much, uh, much more in error. I, we're looking at a 40 point plus lead over DeSantis uh, by the president. Your thoughts about DeSantis's uh, prospects now? I think they're virtually non-existent. In all honesty, I live in Florida, Lou. We have a we have a, a home insurance crisis. We have a utility rate crisis. We have a malaria crisis. We have a crime crisis. They are right back to pushing critical race theory in the public schools. I know the governor signed an executive order uh, prohibiting that, but he's taken no actions to actually enforce that. It's happening right now in the largest county in the state, the one that I live in. Uh, he's really derelict in his duties. Uh, he was just elected six months ago. He should come back to Florida at 42 years old and do the job he was elected to do. I think uh, that the linchpin of his entire political strategy was Trump is going to be indicted. And when that happens, his candidacy will collapse and I'll be the only guy left standing. Well, Trump has been indicted. His political standing has been galvanized and reinforced. He is going to go up further in the polls. He is going to pull in tens of millions of dollars in small and medium-sized contributions to fuel his campaign. So the underlying premise of DeSantis's entire theory of candidacy turns out to be incorrect. Now add to that that uh, in states like Iowa and New Hampshire, where you're not well known and where people want to see you and want to mix with you, where Trump is a 100% known commodity, uh, Ron DeSantis lacks that likability factor that I think is crucial in American mm -hmm. politics. He seems to be, at a minimum, an introvert in an extrovert's business. Uh, he's socially awkward uh, and he lacks a rationale. I think I said it on your show, but I'll say it again. If you have a choice of seeing the Beatles or seeing a Beatles tribute band, which one are you going to see? <laughs> in Donald Trump, you have the founder of the America First movement a man that many, many Republicans and many Americans believe was cheated out of a second term and deserves a chance to try to win one. Uh, in Ron DeSantis, you have a pale imitation of Donald Trump. Uh, and uh, frankly, his candidacy is, is failing. The rate of spending, uh, it just blows my mind. I mean, as a veteran of many presidential campaigns, the budgeting and spending uh, of a presidential campaign taking into consideration the long haul uh, and the stream of primaries and caucuses is crucial. Uh, by my calculations, given the lack of small donors who can give again, 
given the reliance on large donors who cannot give again, I think there's a high probability Ron DeSantis will be completely and totally out of money October 1st. From Roger Stone to your ears, uh, October 1st. And it is always great to talk with you. We appreciate you being with us, Roger. Uh, a great uh, discussion. Thanks so much for being with us. And we look forward to our next talk. And also as we uh, as we go down in the checklist on each of your prophecies and forecasts, we always give our guests the last word. Your concluding thoughts, if you would, Roger. Very simple. God bless you, Lou, and God bless America. And let us pray for Donald Trump because he prays not for himself. He prays for the country. Thanks to Roger Stone. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Our guest here tomorrow is Congressman Tim Burchett. Congressman Burchett, a leader in the House investigation into UFOs and extraterrestrial life. Please join us here on The Great America Show. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out the all-new LouDobbs.com. We hope you'll join us here tomorrow. Until then, thanks. God bless you. God bless America.